Thank you for tuning in to my first official topic on my podcast. This topic today is going to be The Walking Dead. Um, I'm a, I used to be a really big fan of The Walking Dead. I still really like The Walking Dead. Um, but as of recently, they started to get really, they started to get annoying with the things that they're doing and um, just some of the things that they, they do as far as uh, trying to keep the audience engaged or trying to keep the audience coming week to week just feels so desperate and it feels so cheap at a lot of the times overall through and through i i enjoy the show i'm not going to stop watching it um but we can get more into that in a little bit um so i just want to put a tag on here if you've never seen the walking dead if you didn't see the most recent episode uh the season premiere of season seven episode one the day will come when you won't be, then you should probably leave because this whole thing's going to be filled with spoilers. So, so starting off the bat, like I said, I, I really like the show. I've been watching it live on air since season three. Um, I started um, because I actually got a, a copy of The Walking Dead from someone who just didn't want it, and I put it in one day. And we were watching it, and I just was like, wow, this is actually really good, really fun to watch. You know, because I like zombies. I love zombies. I love uh, the uh, the post-apocalyptic world of zombies, especially that of the Walking Dead zombies, where it's just like, can they kill you? Yeah, they can, but after a while, you start to just become very uh, used to it, and you can just kill them, and the big issue is you have to, you know, fight against other people or be very cautious against every single person that you come against. So I really, um, so after season, well, I, so after that, I, uh, I guess I, um, I binge watched all season two on Netflix and then season three wasn't on Netflix yet. So I had to start watching that. I think it was about the third or fourth episode in when I, um, found an online site or something that was, it was able to watch it. And, um, I just been watching it ever since, you know, week to week. I, you know, was I season three really let me down. So the first season was great. I'll start there. First season was great. Really enjoyed it. The second season, um, what kept on that theme of just like, wow, it's like this new world that we're headed into as an audience. We're walking with Rick and we're experiencing the same things as him. And we're really just following Rick. And, um, as you're experiencing it, it's really cool to, um, see that this is actually really coming from the perspective of one person instead of like a mass scale or something like that. Like y- you only know what the, what the cast members know. And some of my favorite movies are like that. Like signs is a good example. Like it's an alien invasion, but we only know the alien invasion invasion, <laughs> um, based upon one family's perspective. So, I really enjoyed that movie a lot. It's a great example of being in the dark, of just tension building up, and it just kind of, it really excites me. So, um, season two, like I said, it kept it started off with that. It was got good. A lot of slow episodes in season two, but I still appreciated most of the slow episodes of the time because a lot of it was character building. A lot of it was um, making you, I guess, start to hate Shane and, to, you know, I, I don't know. A lot of people didn't like Shane particularly right off the bat I 
I really like Shane. I mean, everything that happened to to Shane and Laurie was literally like, it's not like he wanted to do that. It just, it, you know, obviously he's a bad person because he allowed himself to continue to like fall in love with Laurie and, and, and to really desire Laurie, even though her husband was clearly alive. So he's a, he's a really crappy person as far as that goes. But, um, as a whole, I really like Shane just because of his post-apocalyptic mentality. I thought he could be a very good survivor if he could just hone in, um, how reckless he was sometimes. So other than that, that was, you know, that the, the season two was really good as far as building up these characters. And then the final, you know, when Rick had to kill Shane, that's just when the, I think the show started going like, it started going like crazy as far as like the human morality thing. I think, you know, like every, you know, the show relentlessly and sometimes to a fault just constantly goes, goes into the humanity of people and like, Oh, is this okay? It's morally right. Morally, you're always coping with that, which, you know, that's, that's definitely something people would go through, but I think it just gets so ridiculous sometimes. Um, but the, the the end of the season two when he kills Shane is just it just kind of sets it up for this is who Rick's going to become because of this one act you know all these things start happening so season three he he just getting much more ruthless you know he kills uh, two of the prisoners actually he kills one of the prisoners and then um you know throughout the rest of the series like he's just willing to kill for you know to for the protection of his group his family so I. I did not like season season three is by far my least favorite season. Um, they had problems with the showrunner because Frank Darabont, um, who actually directed Shawshank Redemption, which is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, he started that show and they just had creative differences and they didn't like where Frank was taking the show. So they got rid of him in season two. Uh, I don't recall his name. I, I'll, I mean, I know his first name is Glenn. I want to say Maraza. I don't know. I didn't look that up before I started this. Um, I really don't did not care for his direction. He was the new showrunner that took over for Frank and he was response responsible. In my opinion, he's responsible as a showrunner for the disaster that season three was, um, just so many filler episodes, so many filler. And it wasn't like character building. It was just clearly they had too many episodes for the season to tell the story they wanted to tell. And I just hated it. I couldn't stand it. The season finale was awful, like terrible, completely botched it. Um, so it was upsetting and needs to say the guy lost his job through just through, I don't know what through he lost his job and that's all that I really cared about. And it made me happy. So a new man named Scott Gimple took over. He's still the showrunner to this day. He does questionable things, but overall he revived, revived this show for me. I was going to stop watching after season three. Cause I was so like, Oh my gosh, this is so boring. But season four opens up and season four was awesome. I really enjoy um I really enjoyed so I around season four is when I started picking up the comics a storyline as far as just just um being really interested I got really interested in the walking dead world as far as the comics it was more so actually in like season three I started reading like what happens like who the governor is whatever I didn't actually read the comics I just follow the storylines and know enough about them and I, sometimes I'll read comic strips or something like that just to get an idea of what happened in the comics which you know apparently um as comic book fans go Walking Dead is very 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 highly esteemed some of the most compelling stuff was written in the Walking Dead um I've heard that from many 
many different people who enjoy the comics but hate the show that it's just overall the comics were just fantastic and I still hear they're pretty good they're not as good as they used to be but still really good um anyway season three I'm going on too long about this but season three was awful and then season four I I started understanding more what was going to happen the governor just I uh unlike a lot of people really enjoyed the governor's last last little bit in season four as far as his his in-depth story and like what happened to him after after the season three finale um I, I thought it gave him a lot more depth in the comics. The comics it just seemed like, you know, based from what I could see, he just was a ruthless killing guy. Like I just, he was just awful, you know? So I, so, you know, this, the governor in the TV show had more depth to him and I could understand his perspective of why he wanted to attack the prison. So needless to say, season four kicked off, just was great. Got a little slow the second half, still really enjoyed it. Um, and then season five came around. See, it, oh, the cliffhanger in season four is the best cliffhanger in the Walking Dead history. Amazing. They told the story. The story was over. The new season was the kickoff to this new story, which is how it should have been. And I'll get into that in a second because um, they really botched it in season six. Uh, but the whole, the whole kickoff to season five was I was anticipating it so much, um, and it was all because of a phenomenal cliffhanger that the season four gave me, I felt complete satisfied, but wanting more, which is good at the same time. Like there's a mixture of the two. So season five started and you're dealing with the cannibals. They are known as the hunters in the comics. Um, I loved it. I would have preferred a little bit more of that as opposed to like the Beth stuff in the hospital, but you know, in the comics, they dealt with them really fast. So I can't really complain. Um, about that overall, it was even the Beth stuff was, it was interesting. I was, I was pretty invested in it, but you know, I prefer, the darkness of the world, the grittiness, if that makes me a sicko, whatever. Um, I really enjoyed uh, season five as a whole. The cliffhanger, again, was it was pretty good. It wasn't as good as season four. The cliffhanger um, was just when he kills the man and, and Morgan's there. And, you know, Morgan, I really like Morgan. I just feel, you know, according to he was restricted in his schedule to come back on the show, but he just came back so late that I was kind of over it. I really wanted him back season two and in season three, but um, just because of his schedule, you know, the actor Lenny James schedule, he couldn't come on to it until now. So it just seems so unrealistic, like how he goes up, you know, a good part of the country just to find Rick and he ends up running to Daryl yada yada you could you could blame it all on fate but it's pretty lazy because a lot of that stuff wouldn't really happen in real life but um especially given the circumstances of The Walking Dead so it, regardless I can look past it still enjoy it so he kills him and Morgan is clearly a different man as we last saw him doesn't believe in killing and it was a good it was a good ending because it, it was again set up a new storyline it wasn't in the middle of one and it set up a new storyline. So it was great. So season six, I like season six. Probably it's my second favorite season. Um, but I had a problem with, I had a problem with the way they did some things like the Glenn fiasco when they, Oh, is Glenn dead or not? Like I hated that. That was awful. Um, they just, every episode just felt like a cliffhanger and I didn't like that. It just was too reminiscent of Lost, which I love Lost, but you know, some of their best episodes is when they didn't end on a cliffhanger. And I, I don't necessarily like a cliffhanger every single week. So, you know, some weeks were great, you know, breaking bad did that a lot, like at, in their final season, but it was our final season. So I understand why they did that. Um, 
But overall, like not every Breaking Bad episode, even the best ones didn't necessarily end on a cliffhanger. It was just, it ended, the story was told for that episode and it ended and it didn't need me to come, like it doesn't need me to come back. Like I'm going to come back because it's a good show. So season six was full of that. But overall, I really enjoyed season six and I was waiting for the, the arrival of Negan. And then finally in the season six finale, we got Negan. And at first I felt a little off. I was like, you know, because Negan swears a lot in the comics. I've read most comics of Walking Dead I've read have to do with Negan just because I'm so interested in the Negan character. So I so I'm watching this and I'm trying to think about the comic version. I'm like, man, I just don't know if he's selling some of these lines like I I imagine Negan would. And, you know, he's he's walking around, he's selecting someone to bash their head in with Lucille. And the worst possible thing that this freaking TV show could have ever done was leave it to be a cliffhanger. After even seeing season one or season seven, episode one, I, I, I still to this day say it was the worst decision they ever made because it completely ruined the emotional attachment I had in that scene. Okay. As excited I was for this, for this first episode of this of season seven to come on, I still wasn't emotionally invested as I was in season six. I was excited, but I was not emotionally invested to it. So he goes around and he, and he's like, any, mini mighty mo. It's just a camera point of view. And he hits the camera or hits the cameraman. Ha ha ha. He hits the cameraman. That was a big joke that everyone kept saying, oh, the cameraman died and it got really old really fast, but he hits the camera and we don't know who it is. And it's just like afterwards, you know, you watch the talking dead, which I can't stand the talking dead afterwards. It's literally just AMC talking about how cool they are and we can't talk negatively about them. We have to accept every single thing they say. I hate it. Anyway, um, all the writers, Scott Gimple, Robert Kirkman, who wrote the comics for the walking dead and is an executive producer. They're just so smug about it. Greg Nicotero. They're so smug about, about how they made such a good decision and they're not back. I just felt, I felt robbed because it was like, you know, I was so waiting for the scene of such an iconic scene in the comics. I read that, that I read specifically that comic front to back. I found it in like a Hastings and I just read it front to back. And, and I, there was, even though I didn't necessarily have an attachment to the comic characters, it was just brutal. And I was like, like man that's that's what i can't wait for the tv show and i just felt so robbed and these producers weren't even accepting responsibility that it was probably wasn't the best decision ever they kept saying oh like in lost we had to wait to see what was in you know the in the hatch or in 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 star trek we had to we had to wait when when they i don't know star trek that well i don't know who the i don't know who it was but um but it was a big cliffhanger needs to say. And I've seen, I've seen that episode and it is a really good cliffhanger, but all of these things that they're, they're talking about, it just, it just didn't work for this particular scene in the walking dead. Okay. And, and a lot of the things even compared to star Wars, like, like I like the whole Luke, I'm your father thing. And then, Oh, we have to find out what's next. It's like they're and their big excuse was, is that, Negan, the introduction Negan was the end of this story and who died is going to be the next part of the story. That point could have been made had they had just shown who died in that thing. And the next season would have been this great adventure telling story of who it was that actually died or like not necessarily like, like what, how does it affect people? You know, like it, not like if, if we had seen it in season six, we would have been talking about, oh man, what do you think the group's, group's going to do? Who, how's this going to affect this person? Like that would have been 
open to discussion big time for everyone just to be so invested in it. And they just, they kept like acting like it was such a good idea. And even comparing it to Star Wars, it pissed me off because Star Wars was completely, it's just completely different. If you have to compare your season finale to Star Wars, you clearly don't know what you're doing as far as trying to shift your story from, you know, trying to evolve your story from, from this event to the next one. So I was, I was just upset, you know, that they wouldn't take responsibility. They kept acting like it was a good idea. Um, when clearly and the fans did not like it for the most part a lot of people have stopped watching the walking dead because of that and actually even because of this season premiere i i almost i wanted to stop watching it but you know i the way i figured it is it's still great it's still above average tv show um it's better than the flash or or arrow in my opinion or anything like like those stupid cw shows that i i just can't stand um so and I really only watched this show and some of the Netflix ones or whatever. I don't even watch Fear of the Walking Dead. I think that's garbage. Um, but I really only watched this one and just like the Netflix Marvel ones, like the Daredevil or whatnot, like which I could do review on those. Those are fantastic. But other than that, I don't really, I'm not really into tuning week to week to a TV show um, as I used to. I used to watch Breaking Bad, a phenomenal show. I watched. I want to say I watched some other ones, but I don't even, I can't even recall what they were, but, oh, I watched Better Call Saul too. That's regardless. It, um, it just was very, 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 very disappointing for me at the end of the day. And I just wanted them to say they were, they were wrong. And I, I, like, I'm not going to be one of those fans that just quits it just because, they didn't like, they didn't necessarily like, if they keep doing this to me, if they do it to me like five more times or like three more times, five more times, I will quit the show. Cause I just, it, it'll be, I won't quit the show. I'll just wait for it to get on Netflix. I'll wait for it to be all done and then I'll go through and watch it. But it's just, you know, to, to try to just say I'm done watching the show like that. It's like, I got, I need more of a reason to. So, um, so I continue to watch it. So need to say in season, we get this, we wait this long wait to find out who dies and we get to um, the season seven premiere, and which was last Sunday, the twenty third. Um, and as I'm watching it, I again, I'm I'm really excited, but I don't have that emotional connection like I did. I was so emotionally invested in that in that last that last scene there in season six, and I was just ready to see who died. So that was just cut off. Like I just like I was so I was so robbed of that. So needless to say, when he selected who was going to get hit. I was just like, Oh, you know, like, you know, that's cool. You know, I guess like it makes sense. He was, he was a pretty safe character and I guess it, it works. Yeah, sure. And then the second one happened and I, it, it, that one caught me by surprise, unfortunately, because here's another reason problem with the, the, the cliffhanger is that literally three days before the show, no, it was like two days or the day before the show aired. I found out what was going to happen in the episode on Instagram in the comments of a different, completely different picture, not even relating to the walking dead. Someone just like writes it on there. Like, I'm like, I can't believe it. You know, it's just someone, the script had leaked and someone spoiled it. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So as much as I didn't want to believe this person, I, it was still in the back of my mind. And when it happened, I was like, oh man, I was shocked, but I just was, I felt again, even more emotionally robbed because they, if they just shown it, oh man, we wouldn't be in this predicament. 
anyway, this is, you know, it's a, I guess it's a minor thing to complain about, but when you're talking about such a huge scene like this and such huge character deaths, I expect more, you know, especially from these professionals, these professional writers who are there to give us this content that, you know, we enjoy. I just expect more out of it. Um, and anyway, so I guess starting off in the episode recap starts off with the, with the, the scene that the sneak peek that maybe some of you saw, it was the, um, right hand man scene where, you know, he says, Oh, Hey, do I, you know, did I, do you have a right man? Uh, it's like this Simon's my right hand man. Do you have one? Or did I, did I kill them? Um, you know, it's good, to, good to have Rick also says, you know, uh, he says, I'm going to kill you. Not today, not tomorrow. And with that, we see that Rick, um, is not shaken. Like he's, he might be upset about this and he's really mad, but he's not necessarily shaken up by it. He still wants to kill Negan and that doesn't sit well with Negan. So he takes him into the RV and from there, the whole episode is not necessarily about who died. It is about that. But at the same time, it's more so about Rick's submission to Negan because Negan in the comics is a very, 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 very mean and very manipulative and very powerful guy. He's kind of like like in the Mad Max post-apocalyptic world. He's just like one of these guys that rises up and people just fall for him. They'll die for him. They'll do all these things for him. They look at him like a godlike like uh, person. And they even show that later on in the episode we'll get to. But it doesn't sit well with Negan that Rick still wants to kill him. So he takes him into the RV and he takes him out and he does the whole where, you know, he's like, if you, now's your best chance to kill me. So he, he, you know, puts the ax into the, or the hatchet into the table and he goes to try to kill him. And he turns around, uh, he hits him, you know, he hits him, knocks him out. He's like, okay. He's like, let's go for a drive. So they go for a drive and he takes the ax and he gives him the whole spiel about how this is his ax. You know, Rick is his, his people are his, all this stuff is his, and he throws the axe onto the roof, makes Rick get it. And then from there, once he's on the roof, we go and see who died. And he goes through the tension. I will say the tension as far as just experiencing the episode goes was built up very, very well. Just that last, like when he's looking at Rick and then he looks over, we don't see who he's looking at. And he just starts walking towards him and the music. Oh man, it was so tense. I was like, Whew. but when it showed Abraham, so Abraham was it. If when it showed Abraham, I was like, oh man, you know, cause I really liked Abraham. I felt like he hasn't been, hasn't got enough, didn't get a lot of screen time. Um, I felt like they, we could have done more with Abraham, especially with the, the events that are coming up. Um, he, he, uh, he kills him or he selects him and, and Abraham just, you know, he stands up and, and I, and I was like, Whew, okay, it makes sense that they'd pick him. Like I said before, it makes sense. I like, you know, like, I guess he's a good death. I couldn't think of actually realistically, I wanted Daryl to go the whole time because I think Daryl is just part of what's the problem with the walking dead. They have to shoehorn the guy in every single episode of the walking dead that, you know, it's just like, Oh, Daryl, they're just trying to appease fans, which is, I get why they're doing it. But at the same time, you know, they're not trying to attain new fans. They're just fan servicing the ones that have been there, which is the reason why you get some of these terrible episodes, in my opinion. But regardless, he selects Abraham and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Big, strong character. It makes sense. He could, you could take it like a champ, as he says, when he hits him. So he hits him on the head. He goes down once, gets up and he says, quote unquote, he says, quote, suck my nuts, <laughs> unquote. And then just continues to smash his head in beat his head and everyone has to look and it's just it's very brutal 
and you know Negan's just enjoying it. He's laughing it. He's laughing at it. And throughout the whole episode, we see how Negan just enjoys this. He gets a kick out of it. Nothing f- seems to phase him. And then you know after he beats his head in, uh, he goes to he goes to Rosita, and he he tells her to look look at the blood on his back. She he figures out that that you know they were together and because Negan's very good at that he's just very good at figuring things out and very he's very smart so he's like oh oh were you with him that sucks which is one of my favorite lines just like well that sucks and he's just like take a look at it and he keeps taunting her and then that pisses Daryl off and Daryl being the stupid dummy that he is he gets up and he takes a swing at Negan and that does not sit well with Negan as we all know Negan you just don't screw with Negan and he he swings at him, punches him, and now he has to make an example. Now, you know, Abraham was the example. Now he has to give the the lesson. And the lesson is that you just don't do that. And he's a man of his word. So that's when he, like I've watched it a few times now, the whole scene. And it's just so well done as far as the, the filmmaking process goes, the way the camera angle is that, you know, I knew, like, because I had known what was going to happen, um, just the way the camera angle was. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to catch a lot of people off surprise who don't know what's going to happen at all. And just when he says, so back to it. And then he turns around the way he turns around and just slams him is just completely, it's just so brutal. And if you didn't know what was going to happen, I can see how that would just rock your rock, your world. And it, you know, it, 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 as far as people who didn't maybe get this show didn't get spoiled and they experienced that emotional connection cut off from season six that for sure made it up for it so it was it was just i really enjoyed that i thought it was just like i didn't enjoy it but i enjoyed how how they knew that they messed up and this was their re- redeeming factor they're killing someone who was very beloved it's a zombie apocalypse not everyone's going to survive no no one's going to survive the zombie apocalypse um and today was today the day that Glenn goes, who initially died in the comics. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read the comics, they've been out for years. So that's, that's what happens. If you're watching the TV show and not reading the comics, but trying to catch up on the comics, most of it's spoiled for you anyway. Anyway, kills Glenn. And I, I just was like, I couldn't believe it was actually happening. I, I just, I, I thought maybe there was a chance they might get Abraham. Maybe that person was wrong. But when it happened, I, I just... I was ready for Glenn to go because his, I feel like his story was told for the most part. There wasn't much left to know about Glenn, you know, cause I, especially after he killed someone for the first time, you know, it, when killed one of the saviors. I was the first person he had ever killed that we had seen. And I, you know, it's the first person he ever killed. And he even said that he had a conversation with Heath saying, I've been lucky too, you know, I haven't had to kill anyone. And when he killed them, you know, when he smashed the bat on his head, and he gets up and he looks up and he's just, and he's trying to say, Maggie, I'll find you. And just how, how sad that is, man. It's just, it's just, it's so brutal too. Like the eye popping out and he's like, oh man, he's like, are you still there? Straight out of the comics. That whole thing is like shot for shot out of the comics. So that was very, I guess in a sick way, satisfying to see, but it was at the same time, just so heartbreaking because he, you know, he obviously Maggie's pregnant and, and it's just like, all Daryl had to do is sit down and shut up and no one would have died, but he didn't. So it's really, it was really rough for everyone in the group. I mean, he continues to smash his head in and then he says the joke, you know, he goes, he's like, you guys are a bunch of bleeps. I'm just getting started, 
which can be an answer to those who think this episode was too gory. After we see Rick in season four bite a man's neck, it's like if you're going to complain about the gore in The Walking Dead, you shouldn't be watching it in the first place. Uh, it's my little rant for that. But anyway, he just says, I'm get, just getting started. Smacks him. He's like, Lucille is thirsty. She's like, she's a vampire bat, which is a great, that's a, a, a great joke out of the comics. It's a bad joke, but it's just, it's straight out of the comics. So it was, it was fun to hear that. And after you, you know, I read it a few times and see, yeah, actually hear him say it. And then he goes, what was the joke that bad? Which is right where the episode started. So now we see Rick, he's trying to get that. He's trying to, still trying to get the axe from or so he's still on the roof. You know, he's, he's crying, he, and that's, you know, he's, he's struggling with what just happened. And then Negan, you know, know, Negan knows he's just laying up there or just staying up there. So Negan starts shooting the top, so he's forced to jump off. The axe goes flying, um, I think. I'm not too sure. I don't remember. I was, too, I was still recovering over the death. Anyway, he's hanging on that walker. Um, and, you know, he after he falls down, he's still fighting. He gets the axe, almost gets bit by the head of the walker that was, you know, of the guy that was hanging after it falls down. He almost gets bit by that. But that whole scene was cool because it was just kind of like Rick is still willing to survive. He's still willing. And it's kind of like an audition for Negan. Negan was just seeing if this, I mean, I think Negan was just like, is this guy still worth my time? Can he survive this? And Rick does. So that's great. But Rick still has that look in his eye. Like I'm still going to kill you. So he gives him his axe. He gives him the axe and they go back and they get off and everyone's still waiting there. It's daybreak. And, and they're uh, all still lined up, but Rick still's got that look as, in his eyes, and so he what he ends up doing is calling Carl over. Um, Negan ends up calling Carl over, tells him to lay down, put his arm out. He puts the marker he puts the marker line on him and tells Rick to cut off Carl's arm. At this point, I was just like I couldn't believe what was happening. Um, this part of this was again, spoiled for me as far as all that was spoiled was that Negan makes Rick do something or he's about to make him do something crazy and like, we're just really screwed up. And so this, when it was happening, I was like, so this has got to be the screwed up thing. And I just, I was like, I was just, I, for a moment, I really thought they were going to do it, you know? Um, just at the point, like the tone that Negan set, I really thought that they were actually going to go through with this and, it was really, really cool as far as the acting wise goes. Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes, to see him completely, completely broken, just completely shattered, and and he starts crying and snots coming out of his nose, and and he's just screaming, and it could be me, and he's just he's like just screaming tears, like just completely, completely whipped, man. Negan just completely put him in his place, and I just I gotta say I just recently watched a few episodes before in, in season six, and just to see how prideful Rick was, like he just thought he was, he, like Rick thought he was the man that was in charge, and and he thought he was the one that was you know just gonna take everyone out, and and he was gonna rule the area just completely put in his place. He's screaming and he's crying and this is all happening in front of the group that believes in him and that trusts him. He's been their leader for God, like what, you know, like a couple, for maybe a year, six months, whatever, a, like a month in the apocalypse has got to be a year in real time. And he, um, just completely, like I said, just whip, puts him into shape and puts him in, in his place. And he, um, um, like it's not coming out of his nose and then Negan obviously says don't he's like no he's like hey Rick Rick hey you know like I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna make you do this um he just wanted he just wanted that reaction out of Rick and I think at that point Negan knew I got him it's he's mine 
Now, what I liked about that scene the most, <laughs> again, I say like, and it's just an awful scene, but as far as the whole filmmaking imagery goes, it was very, it was, the imagery was very similar to the Bible as far as um, the story in Genesis when God tells Abraham to kill his, his son, Isaac. Uh, for those who don't know, Isaac was um, Abraham's son born of Sarah who could not have children. She was, she was barren and God allowed her to give birth to Isaac. And cause God, God, Isaac was a promise from God. Um, it, I, uh, God told Abraham, you know, I'm going to make you a great, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to have a great nation to send from you, from you, you know, your descendants will make up a great nation that I'll number the stars, you know, paraphrasing of course. And you know, Abraham's like, okay, God, you know, he, he said, okay. And he was found righteous in that faith. Um, but there's still that battle like, well, you know, Sarah can't have kids and God just like, I'll take care of it. So, so she has, so she has Isaac and Isaac is, is, is supposed to be the son of promise and God tells him to kill him. So he's like, Oh, okay. You know, I, I guess. So he goes up and, you know, the Bible's very, it's just very like, it seems like Abraham was just obedient from here to here, which he was, but it just seems like he just did it with no qualms. You know, if if you're reading it, you know, obviously you can read in between the lines, probably thinking that Abraham for sure. And we're talking about Abraham of the Bible, not the show. Abraham for sure did not want to do this. I don't believe he'd do this. I don't believe he'd want to do this. He would never do this on his own, but he was just being obedient to God. So he goes and he's about to kill. He's about to kill Isaac. And then God says, Abraham, Abraham, do not slay the boy. He's like, you know. So basically it was like an imagery saying, you know, like this was Abraham's obedience. He was willing to kill his son. And Abraham believed that God would, at least it's, you know, I believe that Abraham believed God would raise him from the dead because before they go up, they say, where are you guys going? And Abraham says, we'll be right back as in my son and I. So he believed God would raise Isaac up from the dead. So that was a whole faith thing in, in the Bible, in the, as far as biblical goes, biblically, as far as the Bible goes, that was a faith thing for Abraham. But in the TV show, this was this was Negan putting Rick in place. And and as he was about to do it, you know, he tells him not to. What I believe this scene does is it makes Negan out to be God, as far as the TV show goes. Negan is the god of this universe, as far as he's like that's just how that's how that's how elevated Negan is. That's how he elevates himself. People worship him. People kneel down to him. And he, it was like this imagery where the TV show essentially said Negan is the God of this TV show. And that was very, that was very, I thought very interesting the way they did that. You know, again, this is all fictional. So (laughs) though my Christian brothers and sisters, it's, you know, it's all fictional. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. It's not real. Um, but the TV show is making a statement like this character is going to be someone to reckon with because he's not just some governor. He's not just some guy that's crazy or cooked out. He's very sound minded. He's very smart. He's just shut off to the world, to that human, humane side of him. As far as what it takes to survive, he does, he will do it without, without having to worry about it. And it was just a powerful statement from the show. And I really liked that imagery there as far as it goes, as far as the television show goes. And it was a pretty big statement and I might, a lot of people might've missed that, but that's what they were saying. And at least what I believe that they were saying. So now he tells him, you know, this is the way of life. He's like, we'll keep doing this all day. You know, he says, 
I'm going to take, he takes Daryl with him and he goes, if you want to still want to fight back, he's like, I can send parts of you to Daryl or worse. I can come and bring Daryl to you and you can take parts off of him. Or maybe your son can take parts off of him. So basically he's just putting Rick into shape, putting the nail in the coffin. And he just says, you know, we'll be back in a week or so to gather our first offering. But until then, Tata, which is straight out of the comics as well, just throws the, you know, the way he throws the ax and they're all walking away. Um, they get into the cars and there's just a sad scene, man. And I will say I'm a little, little underwhelmed by Maggie's response to this whole thing. I, th- I thought her, she's a pretty good actress, Lauren Cohen. She's pretty good. It's throughout the show. I enjoy her. I don't have a problem with her, but in particular, I didn't ex- I expected a little more. I, I, I thought there'd be one more tears. I thought there would be, I don't know. I just wasn't buying into like how sad she was. I guess, you know, there's definitely an element of shock there, but after, you know, after a while, the shit, they would have set in, the shock would have set in or it would have got, it would have passed and it would have set in. And, and I just, I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed by it, but overall it was just so sad. That was the one time I wanted to cry during it. I was just like, this is completely, this is just so sad. I can't believe what's happening. And they, and you know, both sides, I think, you know, Sasha gets up and she goes to um, Rosita and and Eugene who are hovering over Abraham because they were a close family and, and you know she's just trying to be there for Rosita and they had all the little drama I thought that was really well done as far as you know like uh, you know as far as the whole de- depiction where Abraham was with Rosita and he essentially left her to be with Sasha um and Sasha was just she was still there for Rosita and she was still there for that group because she understands you know so I really enjoyed that and then Rick you know even just being completely whipped in front of his in front of his group you know he he um is there and 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 he's trying to help maggie maggie's just so persistent saying no this is my fault this is you know this is what this is you know this is because of me if i wasn't sick you guys wouldn't have to be out here yada 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 and everyone's just kind of she's kind of blaming herself and 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 rick's just like saying we're not she wants people to leave her you know just leave her she's going to take him to the hilltop and Rick's like, no, we're not doing, we'll never leave you. We're, we're here. He's our family too. And that was just so sad because, because Glenn has been there since, at least in voice since episode one, you know, he was there when Rick was stuck in the tank, you hear his voice and that's how that episode ends. And then from there, he's just, he's in the show and such a great character growth. Glenn was definitely one of my favorite characters. I was just, you know, I was ready for him to die because I didn't want it in the, the show was getting so used to, uh, well, like it didn't feel like anyone was in danger. It didn't feel like, you know, anything, anyone was going to die. And, and just to see it actually go down, it was just so sad. And, you know, they, they go to carry the bodies away and, and then they're driving away. Rick sees the walker and he, and he just kind of, you know, looks at it and gets in the car and goes. And I think that whole thing, I think that what that was trying to say when he does, he doesn't kill the walker, he just gets in and leaves is that it's, you know, the walkers are not the threat of the show anymore. They, they just aren't. They're going to be there and maybe they'll kill someone, but they're, they're really not the threat anymore. The threat is man. And that was made clear in season three with the governor. But, you know, in within the last season, it's like you had all these walkers and multitudes, but they still, they overcame it. They overcome walkers all the time. But now it's very clear that man is the one that we really need to fear. And there's, you know, there's the walkers aren't a big deal anymore. And it was just really kind of at the end of the day, it was just sad. They drive away and, 
and the show ends. And I think it's, I think overall episode 10 out of 10, I don't really have a fault with it. I can't, at least I can't think of one off the top of my head. I, I was very overall satisfied, not satisfied with the events leading up to it as far as how the show took, how the producers and the writers took care of it. Um, but as an episode goes, 10 out of 10, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really well done. Greg Nicotero directed this one. He directs some of the, some of my favorite episodes. Um, and at the end of the day, it leaves the door. It does leave the door wide open as far as how's Maggie going to respond. Um, how is, you know, N- Maggie in the comics at this point, she has a pretty big storyline coming up as far as what's going to happen to her. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. We have the king, uh, the kingdom coming up, Ezekiel and the tiger, Shiva. That is, that is a really cool, cool character. Like the, both of them, the tiger and and Ezekiel. So I'm really excited to see that, see how real the tiger looks. They're using a lot of animatronics and CGI. So I'm really hoping it's more practical. So animatronic, like, like, like Jurassic world, essentially, or Jurassic park, essentially, you know, like the old one, like where, I don't know if you ever been to a kid and went to like a museum and they had just like the dinosaurs. I'm like, like it's, it looks very real. Cause it is real. So I'm excited for that. Um, and just the relationship, I, the big one I'm excited for is the relationship between Maggie and Daryl. Like, how are they going to respond to that? Because I personally think Daryl is 100% at fault for Glenn's death, 110%. And I kind of want him to die over it. But he is 100% the problem. And I really hope this show does not go the route of just showing how devastated Daryl is at himself and, like, this, how sad he is and how much it affects him, which I hope they dive into a little bit of it. But I, they, this show will have always seems to have a problem where they take a story like that and they just stretch it over like two episodes, three episodes. So I really hope they don't do that. And I really hope, um, they dive into the relationship between Daryl and Maggie. Cause it's very clear that in a sense, in the long run of things, you could kind of say Maggie is responsible, quote unquote. She, I mean, she wasn't responsible for getting sick, but she was the one sick. So there's going to be that battle with Maggie, um, thinking she was responsible, but there's also definitely, I think it most, most indirectly and caused by Daryl, this death of Glenn was because he is made, made, very, very, made it very clear not to do the, not to do that crap, not to jump out of line, not to do any of that. And he ignored him. And so they paid, the, they paid the price and, I think I still think it's a hundred percent Daryl's fault. So I'm really interested in that relationship factor. Just seeing how Rick, you know, responds to it because Maggie was like, we need to go, we, we need to get ready. Cause we're going to go to war with them. We're going to fight them. And Rick just every, everyone, but especially Rick just looks so devastated. Like what, what can we do? He has an army. Like we can't do anything. It's the first time Rick has just been so like, we can't do anything. Like what, you know, what can we do? So needless to say, this is the most emotionally distra- distraught time in, in, in Rick's life and the title of the show, the day will come when you won't be. Um, this was the title of this episode, which refers back to season one, the season one finale when Dr. Edwin Jenner, I think it's Edward Jenner. It's Dr. Jenner for sure. But he, he's about to let Rick and them try to make an escape out of the CDC before it blows up. And he just says, I'm grateful. And he says, the day will come when you won't be. And I think this is just amazing. I more so. I think that title been better for the episode when Lori died, but um, realistically that was very emotionally like devastating for Carl and for Rick. But I think this one was just I, on a level on a different level was so much worse because of what he, what Negan was specifically doing to Rick and his pride and just Rick as a person. 
and, you know, it was more than just the loss of someone very beloved to, to Rick and them. It was, it was that he completely put him in his place and, and just humbled him and made him look just pathetic in front of everyone, including his own son. So like I said, overall 10 out of 10 episode, I give it an A plus. Um, and I really enjoy it. I don't know if I'm going to review any more episodes from here. I think I'll maybe just only review um, each, like, so we have the mid-season finale coming up, and then I'll do the mid-season premiere, and then the season finale, do four episodes a season maybe. Um, like I said, it's just, like I said in that intro podcast, it's really just to how I feel about, excuse me, about anything. Like, just if I if it interests me, if I feel like talking about it, I'll talk about it. Maybe there'll be episode three will be awesome and I'll be like I gotta talk about this so I'll just hop on here record something and then go through it um it won't be as long because I was giving you my backstory in this podcast towards my thoughts on the show and my thoughts towards you know each season so it shouldn't be as long but um overall fantastic episode I really hope they don't they're going to they're going to let me down a few episodes but I hope they don't do it like they did in like season three or even some, you know, a lot of the episodes in season five were just like, Oh like, man, come on. Um, and yeah, so I'm really, like I said, hoping this, it's going to get crazy for those who are interested. I'm not going to tell you what happens in the comics. That way you can, ex- you know, experience this pretty dry. I think that's actually robbed a lot for me too, is knowing too much out of the comics. Um, but the show itself is going to get insane. Like it's just going to be, it's just going to be, it's going to be really, 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 really good. So, um, by the end of this season, I hope this becomes my favorite season. I'm just waiting for one to top season four for me. Um, but overall I still enjoy the walking dead, still going to watch it. And that really is it. So, um, if you, if you enjoyed this great, awesome. Like I said, I'm really just doing this because I find these things interesting and if you want to keep listening to this, subscribe to this podcast. That's fine. Um, I'm also on SoundCloud. That's how I bring it to uh, iTunes. And yeah, so thank you for joining in. And I'll talk to you in the next one. This is Lance saying goodbye.